So Elaine, Nick, good to see you again. Please remind me, what did you do <laughs> age 18 to 30? And try and keep a straight face. <laughs> um, age 18, I had just finished A-levels um, at Ardingly College, which Sienna, Naomi, Tristan and now Troy know very well um, because it's where they all did A-levels as well. My brothers had been there. And at the time that I went, it was um, pretty much a boys' school that was just starting to accept girls. So great odds and ratio for us, 450 boys and 25 girls in lower sixth, and 450 boys and 40 girls in upper sixth. Needless to say, I love my time at Ardingly. So age 18, I left there. Having done A-levels? Having done A-levels, yeah. And went on to uni? I did have uni places, but I'd also applied, um, not thinking I would get in, because you normally had to have, or 90% of the time, you had to have a university degree to get onto the Marks and Spencer uh, Management Training Programme. And I applied for that at um, during my last year of A-levels. And I was going for interviews. I think there were four rounds of interviews, the last one being up at Baker Street with a panel. Um, and they actually um, offered me a place. So I took that age 18. I think I literally had the summer off. And then I started in August oh, 1982. Wow. So you based in Baker Street? No, I um, started um, in Worthing, which was also, that's in far west Sussex. And I did, I think about hmm, 11 months in Worthing. It's a three-year course. And one of the things they try and do is prepare you for um, different stores. Um, at that time, there were about 180 stores across the country. So I, my first posting was Worthing. And then I, after 11 months, I was moved up to London, to the Walworth Road, which was, I mean, now it's kind of a cool, trendy place near sort of Brixton, Tot mm. Tottenham, etc. But at the time, it was rough as anything. But in actual fact, it turned out to be my most favourite store. Um, and it was great. They looked after us super well. I remember that age back then, I was getting £12,500 a year, plus accommodation. And I was really lucky because when I first went, the, the um, management training apartments that they had very nicely on Lavender Sweep in Clapham, um, one, the one that I was going into to share with two girls from different stores wasn't yet available. So they put me um, in one of the executive apartments behind um, Selfridges, yeah. Portman Muse, I think it's called. And mm. I loved it because I just used to... I mean, I would get off the bus from my Walworth Road store about, you know, an hour before there and just walk because I was just so enraptured with London and the architecture. And actually, I really loved that because we would always have to work weekends. So I'd have the day off in the week and I would go to a different art gallery. I remember I'd go to the Serpentine or this or that. My mother would often come up and we'd spend, you know, a Tuesday or a nondescript Wednesday in the galleries in London. So nice. that was a really, really happy time and, and a really interesting store because it was like, they say a, co a true Cockney is within the sound of the Bow Bells and that's where the Walworth Road was. So it's really all my Cockney rhyming slang I learned from there. And they were great people, my favorite store. 
So that you've done 11 months in Worthing, it's a three-year course, so did you... So I did about um, 13 months, I think it was, in the Woolworth Road. Mm. Then I went to um, Baker Street, which was head office, because you could choose, after after about a year plus, you could choose whether... They moved you around to every single department, from, you know, morning bread shelf fillers at 4am to security to everything. Right. And you could choose between commercial which was like, you know, the general managers, the running the store, or HR, which was all the people side, or finance. And I chose the commercial, which was a bit unusual because it was normally for the chaps that did that. Um, you know, very kind of just expecting you to fall, you know, girls going to HR, which I obviously wasn't doing. Um, and so I went into head office because I was doing commercial, and I went into a buying department, which was great. I love that. Because I always kind of thought that I was going to be in fashion. I actually wanted to have my own boutique. And I thought, okay, I'll learn fashion from Marks and Spencer. I wanted mm. to learn the buy. And then after four months, they moved me to um, Guildford. And that was my right. third store. Okay. And I finished my training there. And so at that point, you, you finished your management training. You finished at Guildford. So you did you take a break? Or? Yeah. Um, they'd actually appointed me to go and be um it was it was not the main brighton store there's a, a, a secondary smaller brighton store and i'd actually been appointed assistant manager of there funnily enough how things come around um, which was you know a great posting for me but at that time i had a friend who was a yacht skipper um around the world mm. and we were we've been great friends for years and he was having to do a yacht delivery from i think it was portsmouth down to Porto Benus in Spain. Mm. And actually, that was meant to be like, I think, a two, three week trip. And it was the first time, I remember it so clearly, um, I was on a watch, like a dead watch, sort of 3 a.m. to 6 a.m. Right. And I got, it was very calm. And I, I was sitting at the end of the bowsprit and I got my legs dangling over the edge and I got music in you know a Walkman a Sony Walkman you know those great things like a brick with sort of the most uncomfortable sort of wire contraption over your head that looks like something Hannibal Lecter would be proud to sport and it was the most spectacular night and it was warm and we hadn't seen land for a couple of days and I just remember thinking you know how can I go back how can I just go back to Marks and Spencer and that 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 treadmill that you know that a hamster would be on, and I just thought. Which of course you'd seen over those three three years. I had prior, seen, so, yeah. and I really enjoyed it, and it was great, and it was very varied, but I remember just thinking the world is so big, mm. and I just want I was itching to explore it, mm. but also I can remember thinking. That there wasn't, and there weren't, there was only one, they called them gold top. It sounds more like a milk. We used to call them gold top milks, didn't we? But there was only one gold top female executive on the main board of Marks and Spencer. Right. And I remember thinking that I didn't particularly like any of the females, this really senior ones that I'd come across, mm. because they were, they were literally Marks and Spencer through and through. Mm. And I kind of thought, I don't know that I want to end up like that. I don't that mm. I don't really want to be like that. The, they didn't inspire me to make me think 
that's that's my mentor so I think coupled with those two things a I wanted to see the rest of the world but b maybe I got to a point of needing more kind of um, inspiration mm. so I got off the boat and I persuaded my um, girlfriend who had also done the training with me and she was meant to be going to some Sully Hull or somewhere further up well above the Thames um, she was Italian called Sophia and I persuaded her that that we had to go and explore the world so we both went in and resigned together it was so unpopular because can you imagine they'd actually spent yeah. a lot of time and effort but we said we'll come back in six months it was just meant to be a break give us a break right and so we left and we got um, our visas for Australia and my father who um, used to travel quite a lot with his um, his um, job um, he said to me, he said at that time you had to car you couldn't just go to Australia so he said, well, there are three places. There's Hong Kong, there's Singapore, or there's Bangkok. And he said, you're not going to Bangkok um, for all the reasons that we know now. Um, Singapore, he thought, was dull. And he said, you go to Hong Kong. And so he booked us for a week into the Marco Polo on Canton Road. On the way to Australia. On the way to Australia, because yeah, right. you had to stop yeah. on the way. Yeah. So he said, you know, may as well. So right. he gave us that piece of advice that we took. So yeah, we stopped in Hong Kong and I loved it from the word go. I loved it. And you, you know, were age 21 at this point. 21. Yeah, I remember exactly. It was the 13th of February, 1986. Oh. So I've just done my 36 years. Wow. Wow. Yeah. So did you get to Australia? Absolutely. Yeah, we did. We did a, we did a week in Hong Kong. We did the jumbo. And we did the sort of, you know, the, the, the junk through the harbour and, mm. you know, all, all the, the tram and all those the, the great touristy things and then we flew to Australia and actually I, I there was a very handsome man on the flight from Hong Kong <laughs> to, to Sydney and um, I remember saying to my girlfriend Sophie that, that of course there were banks of three seats and I remember saying if, if no one sits in that seat that is a good sign he's going to sit in that seat and she just looked at me like oh, ridiculous and of course we all with the doors shut no one sat in that seat and you couldn't see him I thought oh okay okay but of course he was way at the front in first class we were at the we were lucky we weren't in the cargo we we're at the back of slum but after about 10 minutes he came walking back with a bottle of champagne and sat with us and I didn't realize but he was a he was a pilot for Cathay so at that time we would all sit on the jump seats and we'd all be there for the landing it was just like a party in the cockpit in the good old days so yeah that was it and we got engaged about three weeks later blimey yeah in Australia in Australia gosh I remember in the putty tree in the putty tree anon which is the the Love Palace of Versailles, but there was a restaurant called that. Graham would remember, or Ginny. What? I think it was in the Regent. Okay. Yeah, and we went to listen to the Platters. <laughs> they were playing that night. And then at the then when when we finished Australia, I flew to Hong Kong to find him. And Sophie went back to London. No, Sophie had met someone <laughs> on the game fishing tournament, so she went to Darwin. <laughs> And Marks and Spencers never saw either of you ever again. Absolutely never. Did you ever? Did you even bother to tell them? Did you Don't write think to them? So. 
So you now must. So you've gone. So you've had six. No, a year. A good part of a year in mm. Australia. Mm-hmm. You met this guy that mm. you're engaged to. Yeah. And you go to Hong Kong because he's based out of Hong Kong. He's, he's based he's, in Hong he's Kong. He's flying for Cafe. Yeah. So this is at eighty-seven or something. You're twenty-two, something. You you can just turn up in Hong yes. Kong at that time. Yes. No visa problems at all because it was still British. Yeah. And there were loads of random Brits. Right. Just doing odd jobs, any job, bars, restaurants, good you know businesses, whatever. It and was, he had accommodation for you. So yeah, he had a yeah. big house out in Clearwater Bay. Right. You know, swimming pool, tennis court. Yeah. Souped up BMW, blah so, blah so blah. So, what did you did you decide to start looking for work or what? Was yes, um, I did, and actually, it was it, it it sounds fun and dandy, but it was actually very difficult because mm. he was on long haul at the time, which was jumbos, and would go away for fourteen days or sixteen days at a time, and I was there because of him. Yes, I loved Hong Kong, but I was there because of him, and suddenly he mm. was gone, mm. and I didn't know a soul. So, and I wanted to work, but the, the, all the experience that I had was useless because no one was interested. No one worked in shops or if they did, you got like, you got paid nothing. Yeah. And the, all Marks and Spencer, that, those types of interests, any, they'd say, well, can you buy? We're in manufacturing. At that yeah. time, the manufacturing wasn't in China, it was all in Hong Kong. Yeah. So there were loads of factories. So I couldn't really do anything that I'd actually been trained in or studied so I had a girlfriend that had a um, an antique business which was difficult to constantly get the antiques and so I said oh look there's loads of copies and everything over here so I started sourcing in all the factories like you know the nice big urns and pots and ginger jars and silk screens and this that and the other and wooden boxes and I would crate it all up I'd find crate makers and god knows what and, you know, Craig would come home and I'd be with crates filling up the whole of the garages and everything and da 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 da. And so I started doing that. And actually, it was quite fun because I got to know Hong Kong and I knew my way around the new territories and no one did at all. No one really drove up there. Yeah. And I did. But it was lonely. Right. And I really didn't, still didn't know any people. Um, so um, I then, after must have been after maybe half a year no not even that I think it must have been four months I just decided if I don't get a job and if I don't get friends I'm leaving because I just this is just not what I wanted from life so I answered at that source all the similar time I answered a small advert in the newspaper for a Chinese from a Chinese surveying company that wanted to start expatriate leasing and sales real estate and I thought oh I can do that (laughs) hadn't got a clue hadn't got a clue the office was on the corner of it was on entertainment building which central Dagula Street hadn't got a clue the old entertainment building the old entertainment the Tom Turk the gym opposite you know (laughs) took me ages to find the office (laughs) anyway this great guy, Aaron Wan, it was called Associated Surveyors and Auctioneers. What a, what a non-branded name was that? <laughs> and they said, okay, right. I said, I can do this. That's fine. <laughs> so how did that go then? Uh, that was great. They taught um, you, presumably. Did they not you? at all. Not at all. Um, I took my first client out, um, someone from Standard Chartered Bank, a banker. I took him out on the bus. <laughs> 
and I had no idea. And I, I the first, every it was very friendly back then. Everyone would cooperate with everyone because there's like two people in this agency and three in that. And there was mm. one, two, two with us in the end. I, a great Scottish lady joined me, and um, I sort of wrote a cooperation letter with. I remember it, at the time it was like FPD now, but it was First Pacific Davis, and um, sort of wrote. P, you know, he would like to rent this apartment. P.S. Please paint the walls right white, you know, love Elaine sort of thing. And this lady rang up and she said, what on earth do you think you're doing? Meet me for lunch today. And just read me the riot act of how to do things properly and told me that they all had company cars and this, that and the other. And I went back in and I said to the boss of Associated Affairs, you know, this is so embarrassing. I've been taking clients out on the bus and everyone else has a company car. And I've got a client this afternoon. And so he said, okay, okay, here's my car, which was a Rolls Royce. So I was sloshing people around in that until we sort of found <laughs> something in between, which was like an old Honda or a Toyota or something. So how long do you stay with, with them then? I did that. I did that. So let me think. I was 22. I must have started at 23, yeah. sort of 23-ish. And I had met Mark. Um, and he, I don't remember what it was for, but I was back in England and he'd sent me a can with stickers all over it and party poppers and fun things inside. I can't remember why. And I thought, oh, God, that's good. That's kind of fun. We could do with that in Hong Kong. So I decided I'd stop doing real estate and I was going to do this. And I was almost 25. So I was almost, you know, 24 and a bit. And... I, um, and Aaron, Aaron Wan, owner of Associates of Airs Auctionist, he <laughs> thought I was mad, but he said, okay, I'll back you with this. We'll be partners. And I got a great um, space on the corner of, um, no, uh, uh, yeah, I was on the corner. So Craig and I had split up three years. We'd split up. Um, and I got a great apartment um, on the corner of Peel and Hollywood Road. But I started this business ridiculously called Carry the Can because I used to go across to Dongguan to a paint factory that I'd discovered and get all these different sized paint cans. And we had everything in there from a girlfriend of mine also in property at the time, but she was the founder of Links of London, Anushka Dukas. But she had just started that. She found these great cufflinks in Thailand. So we had cufflinks in there we had margaret lee i knew she was doing all the lingerie for la perla mm. there was some guy who was supplying all the silk boxer shorts with a big go at that time <laughs> steady <laughs> so there was some guy supplying i think it was next with silk boxes so i had a good range of those my garden center did these beautiful little miniature bonsais um I remember I had a, a deal with a sex shop in Causeway Bay because people used to send strange things from there and I used to get a decent discount. Um, there were a couple of maids in a big house in, on the peak and they used to make me all cakes and cookies and God knows what that their employer had no idea that they were doing. <laughs> Neri, lovely Neri, who worked with Graham and Ginny, she was one of our delivery people. So how long did that go for? You were 25 when you started that. Okay, yeah, I was almost 25. Um, that must have been, let me think, I must have done Carry the Can for a, almost like a couple of years. Yeah, a couple of years. Right. And I also started at the same time, I used to import cars 
because I was back in England once and a girlfriend of mine turned up in a gorgeous little red Volkswagen Beetle that she'd got someone, I remember it was called Cyril from up north, and Cyril had supplied it to her. So I thought, oh, these would be good in Hong Kong. Plus I needed delivery cars. And so we used to, we used, we'd always have a Volkswagen Beetle to run around in. And if I sold it, then I'd ask Cyril, I'd ring up Cyril and he'd ship another one to me, cut the tops off, always spray painting them red. <laughs> and Mark, you'd met Mark. I'd met point. Mark. I'd met Mark, yes. And we started going out when I, yeah, I was 25. And then. How did you meet him? I met Mark because he, actually, he had already played golf with my twin bro, Andrew. Right. And he was a good friend. He was dating one of the friends of one of my best girlfriends, Naomi's godmummy. Right. And. She had told me, oh, you must meet this friend of ours. He's coming out to Hong Kong. And she told him, oh, you must meet this great girlfriend of mine. She's in Hong Kong. So neither of us had bothered to connect with each other. But we were both going to the same physio. I'd hurt my knee playing hockey and Mark had hurt his back playing golf. And she had connected us. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, funny. Yeah. And so that's how we met. So he was around while she was doing Carry the Can. Yes, and then and then one of the best pieces of advice. I mean, it was fun. I had the scoop on everyone in town. I knew who was doing what and where and to with whom and everything. Um, but of course, it was very very labor intensive. Mm. And the the Chinese partner I had basically one um, said to me, "Stop mucking about. Get back into real estate." Aaron, the guy. Aaron, from, yeah. yeah. And there was a company at the time called Wicker Express. They did flowers, and they had wanted to buy carry uh, carry the can. But they wanted to tie me in for about five years. And I said, oh, you must be joking. You know, <laughs> where's the logic there? So I realized the kind of limitations of a business like that. Right. So yeah. I went back. And also, I kind of felt like I owed Aaron because he'd been really decent and stood by me. Right. Um, so I went back to help him build up the business. Right. So, yeah, that must have been, I must have been about 27 then. Okay. And Mark and I actually got engaged in France. Oh, nice. On holiday? Um, we were on holiday. Mark had a great friend down there and he always had wanted to buy a house in France. And actually, when we were there, we saw this beautiful, not a chateau, it was a chateau, smaller than a, a chateau, but bigger than, say, a manor house. Mm. And it was it was about 100, 250 years old and very dilapidated. Um, and we said, right, let's, let's buy it and let's get married there in exactly a year's time. Wow. And we did. Yeah. Gosh. Yeah. Age 27. I was 27. So Mark must have been 35. Yeah. Yeah. So it was a fantastic wedding. It was just our closest, our immediate siblings. You and your mum and dad didn't Of course, our oh, parents. Okay. And of course, our siblings. But yeah. I mean, all the, the, other the, ones. the, the, the extended yeah, dodgy yeah. aunts and yeah. dubious cousins and things. And. Yeah. So did you have Hong Kong friends come and join? We had quite a few Hong Kong friends. And the funny thing is, there was also the week before we were meant to be going, but it, we just decided in the end it was just too close to, to, to the wedding. And we had still so many things we had to get done. Like we were painting two days beforehand and la la la. Um, it was the Bella Vista Ball in Moscow. Mm -hmm. And so, um, and I think DKs and Reddings must have been there. Oh, funny. 
So Hong Kong, the Hong Kong connection yeah, shows that we were all moving in very in a we were in a, ever in a decreasing circle. Yeah. Until we collided. So you and this was so before the wedding and after the wedding you were still with Aaron, back with Aaron again. On I was the real back estate. with Aaron, Aaron and yes, then when we I'd got married, and I had a very good client um, who was traveling around the world the whole time, and I would literally call him up say I found a great apartment, I think we can buy it for this, gut it, it'll cost this renovate it, maybe furnish it, rent it for this, sell it for that. And you say, okay, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. And after a while, he just said, why don't you come and work for me? And I said, excuse me, I've had my own business, good Lord. And so he said, okay, fine, we'll make a joint venture together, which we did, 50-50, um, and our little company would buy whatever I was the hindrance, whatever I could afford, right. and then he would take up the slack. And it was very much a, a pool of funds from friends and family. This is Philip. This was Philip, yeah. yeah. So you'd left Aaron to join yeah. Philip. To join Philip. Married. Yeah. And yes. so, so how were you, I mean, how were you feeling at this point? So life was good. Life was good. Hong Kong was, was booming. Hong Kong was booming. Financially, must have been quite okay. Yes. And real estate was very good. You yeah. know, you do a good deal and it was great. Yeah. Um, yes, I had a hiccup when just before we got married, we were living on Barker Road and I unfortunately was attacked. And that, I would say, really not my confidence for pretty much a year. Right, I.I.s. Uh, I.I.s, yeah. yes. Mm. Um, and um, actually, it was a fantastic apartment, but for all the reasons why I loved it, were the reasons why I couldn't stay there in the end, because it was very isolated and... Um, I, I just didn't, we just didn't, we moved. Mm. So, um, and, and I used to play a lot of sport and I dropped everything. I just, I completely lost my confidence. So that was a very, I have to say, that was a very difficult time. Mm. Um, oh, sorry, post wedding Just before we got married, we were engaged. So it may, I think it was a very good thing to have had that to look forward to because it was, um, you know, that kept me sort of busy and... Mm. Mark was great, but it was very personal. It was a very difficult time. And then that's when we moved into this apartment where we're sitting right now. Wow. So yeah. you moved in here? So we moved in here in 1992. So 92, you're back from amazing wedding, amazing Yeah, we got married honeymoon. in 93. Got Sorry, married 93, in 93. 93. Yeah, 20, I was 28 and it was 1993. Right. And, and the business was going well. Business was going yeah, I'd right. started working. Uh, maybe I was twenty nine, and I started working with Philip. Right. Um, and we did very interesting projects. The Hong Kong market wasn't. We didn't do much in Hong Kong to start with. We did some deals in. We did one in North Beach in San Francisco. We did the Goldsboro Wool Store with a local built a developer there uh, in Sydney called Dennis mm. O'Neill. We we did about sixty five of those apartments. Um, we did two buildings in London. Oh, wow. okay. And so that was kind of like the 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 early to mid nineties, and right. then we didn't start investing in Hong Kong until ninety yeah ninety six was our first investment in Hong Kong. Oh really? Yeah. Okay. So ending your ending your twenties, married, business is going well. You're here in uh, Potfolam in Bicklay Do. Haven't moved far, have uh, I? Just <laughs> fell a few feet <laughs> to downstairs. And um, so, how did things finish as you got to thirty? 
Mm. Best thing that happened in my life, I had Naomi. First best thing. First of three. The first, yeah. Yes, <laughs> of course. For me, personally, the biggest change in my life, from, from being pregnant, always happy with the thought, to actually have, having Naomi. When you were age 30, right? Yeah. yeah. So that's a good place to end, age yeah. 30, on a happy note. Yeah. Little Naomi arrives in the world. Exactly. Little, I put some sound effects in here, right? <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. Excellent. Thanks.